0: Good morning. Welcome. Welcome once again to Worship with Southport Salvation Army, a church where everyone's welcome, we're all on a journey, and change really happens.
1: We've been saying that line uh, every week about being on a journey and where change really happens, but I'd like to think that it really does describe the kind of church that we are aspiring to be, uh, a church that embraces people wherever they are on their journey of faith, and one where God Is at work changing people from the inside out
0: absolutely absolutely we're all on a journey I love that music we just heard I don't know if you've heard it before it's called sing Noel and it's written by Len Ballantyne, uh, a retired Salvation Army leader from Canada an amazing composer a wonderful gentleman and I hope it lifted your spirits this morning I hope it also captured that combination of patient waiting but also excited, exuberant celebration that describes and defines the season of Advent.
1: I don't know if you've noticed, but over the last few weeks we've been bringing in different people, uh, just trying to uh, work out how we can bring people in and get people engaged in the meeting here in the Hall. And today we welcome Abby, who will be lighting our second Advent candle and bringing us the readings from the New Testament. And I just want to say as well that we do thank everybody who works hard behind the scenes bringing this all together for us. There's a team up on the balcony right now making sure that the tech's all working. Michael and I have the easy bit, um, but we do want to thank people working behind the scenes. We do,
0: absolutely, yeah. We have a great team here. We have a team who do work behind the scenes throughout the week, and we just turn up and do this bit, the talking bit. Uh, Talking of talking, I'm going to be talking later on about the role of waiting during Advent. But you're going to have to wait for that one because that's coming later on. We've got a glimpse into life in lockdown for some of our friends linked to the big Southport Salvation Army family. We have a new video from our brass group. We have some beautiful and thought-provoking songs.
1: And Just some more alliteration for you. We have more isolation inspiration from Matt as he brings us the announcements live from his house. So we look forward to catching up with Matt in just a little bit.
0: Yeah, and we're also going to be thinking about what is in our Advent suitcase. And we'll be remembering our friends in Cornwall who particularly need our prayers and support right now.
1: And so our hope is that as we gather today, we will be equipped to live well for God in the everyday. We gather on a Sunday to worship together and but to equip us for our lives into the week. Because let's face it, that's where we spend most of our time. So let's use this time well and let us allow God to inspire, to encourage and to equip us for the week ahead.
0: But right now, We're going to sing together. I know you're chumping at the bit. You want to stand up and sing, so I want to invite you to take a deep breath and join together as we sing, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Welcome to our church gathering. for uh, lighting our Advent candles. I think we're going to get, need to get a better lighter. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed that music, just wonderful music, beautifully sung, and I hope it brought you right into the Advent spirit as we remind ourselves of the holiness of God who came down to earth from heaven. We're going to spend some time praying now. And I don't know what it is that's weighing on your mind at the moment. You might, be, you might have a burden of praise this morning because God is so good and you have things you want to thank him for. You might have a burden of concern for a person, for a situation, for circumstances, for what's happened, is happening or is going to happen. God has very broad shoulders. We can be brutally honest and frank with God. We don't need to sugarcoat our prayers. We can just let forth a burst of prayer, whether it's good, bad or ugly prayer. We want to pray this morning for our friends at the Salvation Army in St. Ives. We had a chance to see their wonderful building in such an idyllic location when we were down that way in the summer. Uh, And unfortunately they had a fire and a number of their uh, items have been damaged, food and Christmas toys. And so if you feel so led, you might want to go to justgiving.com and look up St. Ives Salvation Army and make a donation. Uh, to stand in solidarity with them and also to offer practical support as they seek to rebuild their Christmas effort to the community of St. Ives. We also want to praise God this morning because there's more good news about the vaccine. It's great news, we want to praise God for those scientists who have been working tirelessly around the world and around the clock to get together a vaccine that will help us to stay safe in the light of COVID-19. And also maybe something a bit of a Cinderella item of news at the moment. Did you know that the Brexit negotiations are ongoing? Normally they would have been dominating the headlines but right now they've been very much relegated to the sidelines. We still need to be thinking about our nation and how we move forward and pray for those negotiators that they will make good wise decisions and negotiate well. So we're going to spend some time praying this morning and we invite you very simply to bring to God everything that's on your heart, whether it's a note of praise, whether it's a quiet note of concern, of frustration, of worry. Let's bring it all to God this morning. He hears and he answers. And so let's pray right now.
1: you hear the calls, the cries, the voices raised, the silent whispered prayers.
0: Israel in her exile, crying out for a Messiah. Elizabeth in her barrenness, calling out for a son. Shepherds in their poverty, praying for a saviour. Mary, in her innocence, searching for a safe place to give birth and still, the voices cry out across the world today.
1: Prompted by political unrest civil unrest and conflict between nations the homeless in their vulnerability ask for a welcome the rich in their emptiness long for acceptance the lonely in their busyness cry for community. The families, in their arguments, pray for peace.
0: God, you hear the calls, you hear the cries, the voices raised, the silent whispered prayers that you would come into our world. So Lord, hear our prayers today. Come Lord Jesus, be our saviour, be our friend, be our guide, be with us, Emmanuel. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: That was a really beautiful piece of music as well. I hope you really appreciated that music there by Gaz Rose. We're going to um, now hopefully zoom in Matt. Um, so any minute now, he will be appearing on screen. Uh, and we will see what life has been like for Matt over in Ainsdale. So here he is. Matt, can you hear me loud and clearly?
2: I can indeed. It's, uh... Not too bad in Ainsdale, a bit of blue sky if I look out the window but not that I've actually been outside so uh, I can't tell you if it's warm, <laughs> cold or, or what today.
1: Oh, how, how are you all? Are you well? Is it playing out alright over there?
2: Yes, we're, we're all fine. Shell um, was able to get back out yesterday and uh, she'd already done one night shift. No, she was out on Friday, sorry, and she, uh, she worked last night, so she's now in bed asleep. The rest of us can going leave the house at 12.01 on Tuesday morning. Not that we're counting, but <laughs> one more day to go after today.
1: Excellent. Oh, well, I'm really pleased that you're all well and fit and healthy over in Ainsdale. Uh, so, you've got some announcements for us, I believe.
2: Yes, there's a few, so I will try and keep them short and sweet and swift so that we can we can continue with our worship. But it's just important that everyone's kept up to speed and just knows exactly what's going on. So, so here we go. I would add it's great, though being sat at home, I've got <coughs> YouTube, I've got straight in front of me. I can see people listening and I can hear them and it's great just to to welcome all of you to to our worship this morning there's people names i recognize there's some i don't but it's just great that you're sharing with us to worship the lord today it was also really really good for for those that were able to for the band we were able to go out and witness yesterday in chapel street and i just thank everybody that was able to play that was able to count that was able to collect and just make that possible for us to do and i just pray that over these next coming Saturdays, our, our playing, our conversations, our witness have just really shared the good news of why we're there, that there's a love of Jesus that this town just needs to hear. So please pray for the opportunities that will be presented to, to us. I'd also thank everybody, the silent auction. So far, we've raised 650 pounds, which is absolutely fantastic. And also there's been a promise that somebody is going to double whatever we make so again thank you so much for, for everyone that's taken part we've also got our fudge and marmalade that's gonna contribute and again thank you so much we now got a whole page worth of Christmas cards in our Outlook magazine so keep them coming let's share with everybody uh, each other's message this year of hope and encouragement as we approach Christmas one bit of good news it's not in the Outlook yet but we are looking to do two carol services this year. Uh, We're going to be looking to do it in the car park, probably staying in cars. There's likely to be uh, a small number of limited spaces inside the hall which will be a little bit different because you won't be able to sing. but then we'll also be streaming it and there'll be the CDs and DVDs. So please keep looking out on Facebook and for the Outlook and those details will be in there of how and what is going to be happening when we do that i didn't also invite you on new year's day our territorial leaders uh, they're providing us with a service so we can share with the whole territory and it'll just be great to, to come together and share the same service with salvationists across this whole country so please i'd encourage you to to join with us on that day finally tonight like the main bit of the announcements our mass can we be faithful we desperately need more budding singers at the moment, the band are far outnumbering the uh, the number of vocal videos that we've got. So please get recording, sing your heart out, and let's just share this as a, a big, massed whole church family celebration this year. And then we'll be able to see everyone taking part in our carol service. So please get recording. There's still time. I keep, We keep extending the closing date. But we want as many people as possible to just be able to join with us with this. And as I start to draw the announcements to a close, there's just people and situations that we need to remember. We've already heard about uh, St Ives Salvation Army. I read it on Facebook last night. And let's please just, just pray for them, as Mike and Alison said before. But then there's a number of our congregation that really need our prayers still. So remember, if you would, Colin Lightfoot. Neil McKinnon, Don and June, Carol Bant, Pat Jackson, Jim S., John and Kath Farrington, Kath Leyland, Jessica, and the family. I've also been asked, and it was in the outlet this last week, to, to pray for Yvonne Gautcher. She's unwell with COVID at, at the moment. And just this last week, her husband has, uh, been, has passed away as well. So please remember that family in your prayers. Only this morning I've been asked that we remember um, David Harlow. His sister, Gwen Rayner, passed away in the the hospice yesterday. So please remember David and the family at this time as they deal with with the loss of a loved one and just everything that's got to go with it to be able to say goodbye to her. And then also, this coming Friday, it's going to be the, the funeral of Jean Sutton. Please let's remember the whole family in our prayers this week. We don't have the details yet, but the service will be streamed. So if you'd like to be able to share in saying goodbye to Jean, please get in contact with the office and they'll be able to give you all the details to watch that. So please, at this time, let's just remember all those people that just really need our prayers, uphold them and support them, as I know you will. Thank you for listening.
0: Thanks, Matt. Really great to hear from you with more isolation inspiration all the way over there in Amesdale, down the coast a little from where we are today. I want to ask you a question this morning and the question is going to come up on the screen. And I need it on the screen because I can't remember the question. (laughs) So any time now would be perfect. Wonderful. If you had to move to a desert island or a deserted island, which three items would you take in your suitcase? We put this on the, uh, the live stream and um, Keith has replied, but we also asked the team here this morning uh, what they would bring. So maybe, Alison, before we open up our suitcase, you might like to tell us what other people have said.
1: Okay, so first up, Daryl said he would take a large hunting knife, some fire-starting equipment and a fishing net. Abby said she'd take a book, Luna and Daryl, to use the stuff that he bought. So that's quite that's a very good initiative there. Um, I'll t- I would take an inflatable canoe, uh, a fishing net, and some matches, because I'm not sure my fire starting um, is very good at the moment, so that will help me. Matt is going uh, Rambo style with a survival knife, uh, some rope, and some waterproofs. Uh, Kev is taking a fishing line, also some matches, and a toothpick. Okay. Uh, Madeline is going to take a boat, very large suitcase. A net and a knife, sharp and spiky. Hermione, some refillable food. Okay. Um, A water filter and a book. Several in one, like Narnia. And then Keith has messaged in this morning. I'm I'm not quite sure that he's... There's more than three here, Keith. I got a bit muddled, but he's going to take a Bible. Shakespeare, don't know whether that's the person or all of his club works. Not sure. His songbook, his cornet... And a photo album.
0: That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) Good. Excellent. Well done. So, we've got our suitcase here. It's not my suitcase. It belongs to a friend of mine called Spike. And uh, let's have a look what's in the case that uh, we've got here. Here are some of the things that we might like to take with us for Christmas. So, okay. At Christmas, obviously, we want this kind of thing uh, in our case, don't we? Now, when I say our case, I'm thinking now not so much about the deserted island, but about... What might we put in our case, in our life, uh, during this season of Advent? So we've got, obviously, 16 metallic bows. Who doesn't need some of them? Lovely, wonderful. Uh, Here's something. A book by Rob Parsons, The Heart of Communication, How to Really Connect with an Audience. Well, never too late to start trying, is it? So that's a really good book. I recommend it. Um, Well, Running Shoes. One can hope that one will get another pair for Christmas, because, as you can see, this one's got a little hole there, so that's a problem. And they're not on sale anywhere right at the moment. So there's another thing that occupies my time and my energy uh, over Christmas. This is, this is a wig, that's not part of that. That's, that belongs to <laughs> Spike, obviously. We've got an advent calendar here. For okay. cats. Who doesn't need an advent calendar? Yes, the twist here is that it's an advent calendar for- Elf on the shelf. Elf on the shelf. Anybody else have one of these? <laughs> the girls over there, yes, this is one of their elves on the shelves. And what do we do with our elf on the shelf?
1: So the elf, well we've actually got three and they're all very mischievous and they just get up to all sorts of things and each morning they will be somewhere around the house either causing chaos or just eating the chocolates. There we or are,
0: or elf something. on the shelf. Yep, yeah, wonderful. What's this?
1: That's the door key saying, dear Santa, we don't have a chimney so please use this magic key.
0: Wonderful, there we are. So that's going to enable Santa to come into our house this Christmas time. There were, and there's a load of other stuff, which is, oh no, here's a great, a a CD, rather, what is it, a videotape, I remember them. Um, The Complete Show-Off, How to Juggle and Entertain uh, Yourself into the Oblivion of Social Eccentricity. What a wonderful (laughs) thing to have, that must have been in that case for years, unused by the look of it. Christmas time, we fill up our case, our metaphorical case, with all sorts of things. Christmas presents, Christmas spending, Christmas planning. We got ourselves in some kind of frenzy and I'll be talking a little bit about that later on. And We almost get to the point where our Christmas case is so full that there's no room for what really matters. And I wonder what it is that actually really matters this Christmas time. You might like to think about that. Some of you responded as to what you would put in your case if you went to a desert, desert island but what would you put in your metaphorical Advent case that's really important, that enables you to focus on, as they say, the reason for the season? This time of waiting can be active, it can be intentional, but if we're not careful, we will crowd Jesus out with everything else. So that's something to think about, and we'll come back to that a little bit later on. But right now, right now, we're going to have another glimpse into life in lockdown for the big, wider family of Southport Salvation Army.
3: Crowd, we proclaim.
4: reading is Romans 8 verses 8 to 25 and I'm reading from the New Living translation. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time, and we believe believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Our second reading is selected verses from Luke chapters one and two. The angel visits Mary. God sent the angel Gabriel to the town of Nazareth in Galilee with a message for a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to Joseph from the family of King David. The angel greeted Mary and said, "'You are truly blessed. The Lord is with you.' Mary was confused by the angel's words and wondered what they meant. Then the angel told Mary, "'Don't be afraid, God is pleased with you, "'and you will have a son. "'His name will be Jesus. "'He will be great and will be called "'the Son of God Most High. "'The Lord God will make him king, "'as his ancestor David was. "'He will rule the people of Israel forever, "'and his kingdom will never end.'" Mary said, "'I am the Lord's servant, Let it happen as you have said. And the angel left her. The birth of Jesus. About that time, Emperor Augustus gave orders for the names of all the people to be listed in record books. These first records were made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to go to their own hometown to be listed. So Joseph had to leave Nazareth in Galilee and go to Bethlehem in Judea. Long ago, Bethlehem had been King David's hometown and Joseph went there because he was from David's family. Mary was engaged to Joseph and travelled with him to Bethlehem. She was soon going to have a baby and while they were there, she gave birth to her firstborn son. She dressed him in baby clothes and laid him on a bed of hay because there was no room for them in the inn.
5: Listen, if I'd known then what I know now, there would have been room in my inn. Oi, oh, hey, I would have given up my own bed. But I didn't know. How could I know, right? Now, Bethlehem was so full of people. I mean, the government. They, they, you know, made everybody in the world go back to the hometown and register. You know, government has to have the money. and Since nobody wants to stay with their in-laws, I'm full. I remember that day. We, um... We were full before dinner time, and now it's two, three hours after dinner when they show up. Talk about desperate. He, he was exhausted and scared, and she, oh, she was about to burst. And as they're approaching my place, I'm thinking in my head, I know what I'll say to them. I'll say, I'm sorry, we don't have room. But by the time they get there, They just stand for a minute, gather their thoughts. He looks down, he's thinking. I notice she winces ever so slightly in pain. And he looks at me and he says, please. That's all he said, please. Let me tell you a story. I'm five years old, right? I'm helping my mother set the table. I notice that she has one too many plates. So I say to her, Ma, you got one too many plates. You know, and she says back to me, you never know who may show up. I look at her like, what? She walks over to me. She says, you never know who God may bring your way. You always make room. So. I look back at the couple, and I say to them, I don't know where we'll put you, but we'll make room for you. And we did. It wasn't the nicest room, but it's all I had to give them. Mom was right. You always make room.
0: 8. £100. Not a penny more, not a penny less. What am I talking about? Well, may you ask. Well, let me give you a clue. And it comes in the form of a question. Have you done your Christmas shopping yet? Have you started it? Have you finished it? People like that are really annoying, aren't they? Can you even afford Christmas this year? Let me share some figures with you from the Bank of England. Apparently, a typical household in the UK spends over £800 extra in December compared to a typical month. Spending on food is up by 16%. Alcohol is up by 39%. Spending on music and DVDs goes up by over 100% during December. And curiously, spending on toiletries increases by 56%. What is that all about? How many bottles of pine bath essence does the nation actually need in the month of December? Now, of course, all this financial outlay can take its toll on the great British public. Think about the typical conversation at this time of year. Are you ready for Christmas? No, but I'm getting there. I've bought for my children, I've bought for my friends, but my husband is such a nightmare. He's already perfect. So what on earth? can I buy the man who has everything? I'm slowly getting the food together, but it's just so stressful. Between you and me, frankly, I'll be glad when it's all over. You ever have conversations like that sometime in December? And of course, the spending frenzy has increased even more with the introduction of Black Friday and Cyber Monday I wonder if you remember some of these crazy scenes of people fighting for TVs and other consumer goods during the Black Friday sales in previous years. I must admit, I rather prefer Batman's approach to the whole thing. Sometimes, of course, the message of consumerism is rather less in your face. This year's John Lewis advert is, as ever, rather winsome and thought-provoking. Give a little love. Together, we can make a big difference. Beautiful, encouraging message. But of course, we know that the underlying message is the same. Get a move on, get your credit card out, and get spending because Christmas is a coming. So it's ironic that amid all the busyness of December, we have Advent, a time of waiting a time of waiting for Jesus. Abby read earlier from Romans chapter 8 that if we look forward to something that we don't yet have, we must wait patiently, but we also wait with confidence. And I wonder if that describes our attitude this Advent. Does that describe our preparations as we come to celebrate Jesus' arrival on the earth all those years ago? This is what Henri Nouwen has to say about waiting. Waiting is essential to the spiritual life. But waiting as a disciple of Jesus is not an empty waiting. It's a waiting with a promise in our hearts that already makes present what we're waiting for. We wait during Advent for the birth of Jesus. We wait after Easter for the coming of the Spirit. And after the ascension, we wait for Jesus coming again in glory. We are always waiting. But it's a waiting in the conviction that we already have seen God's footsteps. Waiting for God is an active, alert, yes, joyful waiting. As we wait, we remember him for whom we're waiting. And as we remember him, we we create a community ready to welcome him when he comes. We are active. We are alert and we are joyful in our waiting as we prepare to welcome Jesus. Many thanks to the band uh, for that beautiful arrangement. Uh, I should just add though, they should sack the euphonium player because I did notice he put in a wrong note, even though he'd had many attempts to practice it before they recorded it. Sack the euphonium player right now. A few moments ago, I described our waiting during Advent as active, as alert, and as joyful. And as I think about Advent as a time of active waiting, I'm drawn to the line from the song that we sang at the start of the meeting. Let every heart prepare him room. Alison and I have lived in nine houses since we got married 15 years ago. And wherever we've lived, we've enjoyed receiving visitors. When visitors come, of course, we enjoy preparing the guest room. And there's actually a mental checklist that we go through. Guest towels, check. Packet of fudge. Check. Information on the local area, including an easy-to-open map. Check. And double-check. Copy of the local newspaper. All present and correct. It's a big deal to welcome someone into your home. It demands a shift in your priorities. Things that were previously important become less important because your guests always take top priority. How much more then should that be the case when we're preparing to welcome Jesus Christ? And yet there's a very real and present danger that our lives become so fully booked through the month of December, that our Advent case becomes so fully packed that we actually have no room for Jesus. Some of you might be familiar with a wonderful song. I love it called Christ, Part. You might want to listen to uh, an arrangement of it sung by the King Singers. It's on YouTube. And I want to share the words with you right now. Christ, he requires still to have the best of rooms. Give him the choice. Grant him the nobler part of all the house. The best of all is the heart. Grant him the nobler part of all the house. The best of all is the heart. Will you, will I, will we have room for Jesus this Advent? Will we actively put other things to one side and make him our priority above all other things? It won't happen by accident. You need to prepare him room. Can you put aside some time every day this month to refocus your attention onto Jesus? Could you spend a few minutes every day maybe reading the story of the Nativity in the New Testament? Or maybe you'd like to follow one of the many Bible reading plans that are available on the internet and on apps on your phone. The U version, for example, is a great one for that. It has loads and loads of Bible reading plans and lots of Advent ones too. Maybe for you, a podcast will help you to prepare your heart during this season of Advent or some reflective music or maybe you'd like to pick up on one of the Advent playlists that our youth are creating every week during the month of December perhaps for you preparing room for Jesus will mean giving something away giving something up giving up a habit or giving away something that you own I don't know what active waiting active preparation needs to look like for you But what I do know is that if we don't take time to prepare room, we're not going to be ready to receive Jesus. So let's be intentional this Advent in giving him the best of rooms. Let's give Jesus our heart this Advent. Advent is a time of active waiting. And it's also a time of alert waiting. You remember the video we watched a moment ago, produced by the Skit Guys, by the way? Really good video. The innkeeper said in that video, you never know who may show up. You never know who may show up. And so we need to be ready. As we prepare for the coming of Jesus this Advent, this Christmas, who's to say that we won't catch glimpses of him in these next 19 days? I'm reminded of another wonderful song, this time by a former general of the Salvation Army, Albert Osborne, which says this Oh, is not the Christ midst the crowd of today whose questioning cries do not cease? When we look into the eyes of the homeless, the lonely, the bereaved, the questioning, do we see the eyes of Jesus? certainly through the ministry from this building on Shakespeare Street that's been taking place in recent weeks, I believe that we have locked eyes with Christ many times as we have sought to offer practical help and support to people in real need in his name. And perhaps in your own life you've recognised Jesus in the work colleague who's struggling with their marriage, in the friend who's struggling with their job, in the family member who finds this time of year really difficult. Listen to these words spoken by Jesus from Matthew chapter 25 in the New Testament and maybe you'll understand a bit more clearly what I'm trying to say. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was naked, you gave me clothes to wear. When I was sick, you took care of me. And when I was in jail, you visited me. Then the ones who please the Lord will ask, Lord, when did we give you something to eat or drink? When did we welcome you as a stranger or give you clothes to wear? Or visit you when you were sick or in jail? The King, Jesus, will answer whenever you did it for any of my people, no matter how unimportant they seemed, you did it for me. As we wait for Jesus this Advent, let's be alert, because Christ is in the midst of the crowd today, and we never know when he might show up. So let's be ready, let's be waiting, and let's not turn him away. You know, waiting has many moods, doesn't it? I'm sure you've waited with all sorts of different feelings going through your mind. You might have waited with impatience, with a sense of expectation or dread, with eagerness. You might have waited reluctantly, with confidence, with a real growing sense of anxiety. To name just a few emotions linked to that act of waiting. But our time of waiting at Advent is definitely active. It's most certainly alert. And finally, it's absolutely Filled with joy. It is joyful. Now, at this point, I am going to issue a spoiler alert. I am going to potentially destroy some childhood illusions, break a few hearts and ruin the plotline of countless children's nativity plays across the length and breadth of the United Kingdom. So here we go. Jesus was not born in a stable. There we go. I've said it. Jesus was not born in a stable. Now of course the image of a stable might suit our romantic notion of an idyllic birth in an isolated location, all courtesy of an imaginary innkeeper who doesn't appear in Scripture. But sadly that doesn't make it any more true. The Bible scholar Ian Paul suggests that Mary and Joseph may actually have been in the company of relatives when Jesus was born. But because the family guest room, which would be reserved for guests, was already in use because there were so many people coming to Bethlehem, they probably ended up in the main room of the house with the family. And that being the case, the best place to lay the newborn baby would have been in the hay-lined space at the lower end of the house where the animals were fed within the house structure. They weren't out in a remote location while all the action was taking place in another part of town. Now, I don't know about you, but from my point of view, this changes everything in a positive way. Because instead of being born away from the madding crowd in Bethlehem, Jesus was born in the thick of it. This is what Ian Paul goes on to say. If Jesus comes to us, rather than us coming to him, if he visits us, in our very homes and comes as a surprising disruptive and ultimately welcome presence one who will turn our world upside down and change it forever then that makes all the difference it makes all the difference that jesus has come to us and he's one of us we don't have to go looking for him because he's already among us he's already with us right at the heart of humanity And so we can wait for his coming again this Advent with joy in our hearts. Why? Because Jesus is and was from his very birth among us, in our midst, with us, for us. He has come into our homes and into the noise and the mess and the chaos of our ordinary, everyday lives. And that's where he can be the difference that we need as we live our ordinary, everyday lives throughout the week, Monday to Saturday, as well as Sunday. As we've entered into this season of Advent, we have entered into a conscious, intentional time of waiting, active waiting, as we intentionally prepare our hearts for the birth of Jesus, alert waiting, as we look for signs, sights and sounds of Jesus in the everyday And as we serve our world in love, as if we were serving Christ himself. And finally, joyful waiting, as we refuse to be robbed of our joy because Christ has come into and is present in our midst, calling for our attention and our devotion and turning our worlds upside down. And so this Advent, we are faced with a very simple choice as Jesus comes in the quietness, the stillness, and the busyness of life. As he comes in the inconvenient and the unexpected moments. As he comes in the everyday and on any day. Are we waiting for him? Will we have time for him? Will we make room for him? Will we give him the best room of all, our hearts? You always make room, don't you? Room or no room? The choice is yours. Let's choose well this Advent.
1: another beautiful piece of music and the words are ever so poignant as we think about making room for Jesus so thank you to Michael for sharing those thoughts with us this morning and I just leave you now with a benediction how silently how silently the wondrous gift is given so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. May we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and room in our hearts to receive Christ this Christmas. Amen. And God bless
0: you. Amen. Amen indeed. Amen to that. We trust that this meeting this morning has been helpful in inspiring, encouraging and equipping you to live well for God in your ordinary everyday lives this week. God bless you. So all we want to say now, as we do at the end of every meeting, is it's been a pleasure spending time uh, in your company, albeit virtually. Uh, We may see you in person at some point during the week. If we don't, then we simply want to say goodbye, God bless you and see you this time next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Send us out in the power of your
3: spirits To shine your life in the way we live Send us out in the power of your spirits As we've received, may we freely give Send us out, send us out Send us out for your